podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a Why Can't We podcast called This Sport Podcast. My name is Peter Harding. And I'm Sean Morrow. Each month we'll bring you up to date with disability sports stories from around the world. We'll also be joined by a few people involved in disability sports. Why Can't We has been running since 2012 after I saw the Paralympics in London. After attending as a spectator, I wondered why we don't see coverage of disability sports on a regular basis. Disability sports happen all the time, not just every four years. So I started the campaign to help raise awareness of disability sports and the campaign has grown from there. These podcasts are made to help you keep up to date with para-sports, for relief athletes to sports fans. Or if this is the first time you're hearing about disability sport, please follow on Why Can't We social media or visit whycantwe.co.uk and make sure you subscribe to this podcast the campaign can't carry on without your support so join us each month for an update on this sport pod may once again saw the power of sports continue with the build up to the paralympics in tokyo later this year In the month of May, we also surpassed 100 days to go into the Paralympics, so the countdown has well and truly started. Earlier this month, the Powerlifting World Cup Series continued in Georgia, with medals for Zoe Newsom, Olivia Broom, Louise Sugden and Ali Jawad. We also discovered who would be representing GB in the Para-Taekwondo in Tokyo. Congratulations to Amy Truesdale, Matt Bush and Beth Munro. Can you believe that we are already in June And we have so much power sports to look forward to. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to stay up to date as well as keeping across why can't we social media and news pages. Enjoy this podcast with GB wheelchair tennis player Gordon Reid. Best of luck to the GB wheelchair tennis players like Roland Garros at the start of June. Hello and welcome to Disport Pod. My name is Peter Harding and you're joining myself and Gordon Reid here today. So Gordon, do you want to introduce yourself and how you got involved with wheelchair tennis? Yeah, hi everybody. Uh, my name is Gordon Reid, professional wheelchair tennis player from Glasgow in Scotland. Um, yeah, I've been playing wheelchair tennis now since I was 13, so turned 30 this year, so a little while now. <laughs> um, but I, I, I used to play tennis when I was younger. I started playing tennis when I was about six. Um, I used to play a lot of sports when I was younger. I used to play football, do a lot of athletics, gymnastics, anything anything I could get the chance to do, I would do. And then when I was 12, a week before my 13th birthday, I uh, had a neurological condition called transverse myelitis, which uh, initially left me paralyzed from the waist down. Um, and I was in hospital for six months going through rehab and then just when I was coming out of hospital, 
uh, I wanted to get back involved in the sport and get active and healthy again after, you know, being in a hospital bed for the majority of that time. Um, so I think it was my mum and dad found out about a wheelchair tennis club in Glasgow and they took me along to that and, and that was my first experience of the sport and yeah, all kind of all kind of kicked off from there. Wow, okay. So going back to when you were playing tennis, everybody tennis before that, um, was that your dream to become a wheelchair, sorry, to become a tennis player and compete at Wimbledon or was it, what was your dream when you were younger? Yeah, I think like like most kids that, that, that love a sport, their dream is always to, to play in the biggest stage. And I used to to watch Wimbledon, you know, every year in the summer and um, see the green courts and the, the all-white kit and, and see, you know, some of my favourite players playing in that tournament and, and always, you know, dreamed of playing there myself. <clears throat> but to be honest, I think I was more into football at the time. Um, I was a massive Rangers fan. Uh, I used to play football, you know, every every day at school and then the weekends as well with, with the club I played for. So I think it was more a dream of mine to to play for Rangers and and be a professional footballer. Um, but obviously tennis was the the more uh, the easier route to go down once I was involved in disability sport. Yeah, of course. And how much do you know about wheelchair tennis before you had your accident? Did you know anything about it when you were growing up, or was it something that was brand new to you when you? Had your had your um, condition? Um, I mean, I think I remember thinking back. I think I was introduced to it once before I, I was using a chair myself, and that was I have a kind of vague memory. I need to ask my mom about this, but I've got a vague memory of me and uh, my sister and my brothers being at a tournament, and they had a couple of wheelchairs there, tennis chairs there, and we kind of jumped in and had a the go. Um, but apart from that, I really didn't know much about it at all. I mean, um, I didn't know anything about the Paralympics. Uh, I didn't know anything about um, the fact that wheelchair tennis was at some of the Grand Slams had its own tour. Yeah, I really didn't know anything about it at all. So, um, yeah, I was, I was totally new to the sport when I first tried it myself. Amazing. And so 11 years later, you win your first Grand Slam uh, in 2016. So how did you get from being just learning about the sport to suddenly becoming so good at it that you can get to a grand slam and win, win your first title. How do you get to that stage? Yeah, well, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I started playing when I was 13, uh, which was in 2005. And yeah, my first grand slam was 11 years later. So, um, yeah, 11 years. So obviously a long, a long time to, to, to commit to the sport, to do a lot of training, um, do a lot of work physically, learn the, and, and master the, the skills in the chair and the movement around the court um, and just improve as an athlete as well in, in, in lots of other ways, the psychological side, the, um, the physical side. So, yeah, it's just a, a long process really and um, just growing up as well, growing up physically, growing up in the head as well, maturing a little bit more. Um, so all those things added together really and have an experience of playing against the top players in, in the biggest events um, yeah they all kind of led to, to that success really and so when you were learning about wheelchair tennis obviously the rules are a bit different to um, everybody tennis so do you want to talk us through the rules and how how the wheelchair tennis game is adapted sure so um, it's it's really it's really great actually I think wheelchair tennis is one of the most um, accessible sports to play with friends, family, whoever you want to play against or compete against because 
the only rule change for us in wheelchairs is that we get two bounces of the ball instead of one. <clears throat> so the first ball, the first bounce has to the, the first bounce has to land inside the court as usual, and then the second bounce can can land anywhere. But apart from that, everything else is the same. So the scoring system is the same. Uh, the court dimensions are the same. The net height's the same. Um, the equipment, the rackets, the balls, and everything are the same. So um, it's actually written into the rules of tennis that if somebody in a wheelchair is playing against somebody on their feet, then the person in the chair gets two bounces and the other person doesn't. So that means that you can enter any tournament you want and you have that rule. Uh, you can play against anybody at any time and, and that rule applies. So um, that's that's a great thing for us because it means that as long as you've got the chair and the equipment and you can go and play with, with anybody and, and practice with anybody. So um, it obviously opens up a lot more possibilities. So, okay, let's ask that question. If you were playing against, I don't know, Andy Murray or something, could you could you actually enter that competition and try and get into the, and try and win Wimbledon in the body section, but obviously with, with your wheelchair, or is that not a possibility? Uh, well, I could try. I don't think I'd get, I'd get on very well against Andy. Oh, but oh, I'm sure you would. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, obviously, for those big events, you have to have a, a, a ranking in the, in the able-bodied ranking, so I wouldn't qualify, but... Um, in terms of the, you know, any tournament that doesn't involve uh, a ranking cutoff or whatever, then yeah, I would be able to to enter it and um, and try my luck. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe one day you'll see me up against Andy in the court. Yeah, exactly. I look forward to seeing that definitely. Okay, so you then obviously stepped into the sport. You've developed and you've grown and you've become the athlete that you are now. Did did you start playing doubles? quite early on with Alfie or was that something new that came to you and how did you meet Alfie in the first place? Yeah, so we were actually talking about this yesterday uh, with Alfie and um, Alfie's a bit younger than me. He's, I think he's 22 or 23 now, so he's a few years younger than me. Um, So when I was sort of rising up the rankings and um, getting to the top of the the rankings, he was still pretty young. He was still at school. Uh, He wasn't playing full time because he had exams and all that sort of stuff. So I was competing with a lot of the, the guys from the other countries. So uh, with Shingo Pineda, a Japanese player, um, with Michael Jeremias, a French player. Um, those are two of the guys I was playing with a lot. And sort of 2014-15, when I won my first doubles Grand Slams, those were the guys I was playing with. And it was really um, around that time that Alfie started breaking onto the scene. And we started improving. He, he finished school, so uh, he was committing more time to training and and obviously reaping the benefits of that. So, yeah, I think I, the first time I ever met him was um, he was a junior that came along to one of the, I think, the British Open in Nottingham one year. Uh, and I, I kind of met him, I think he was the team mascot or something like that that year. So uh, I met him when he was pretty young. And then, yeah, we, we first started playing together as a doubles team, I think, in around 2000, 2014, 2015. Um, at some of the smaller events and then as Alfie improved and um, his ranking increased and stuff we we started playing more together at more events and and then obviously got to the stage in, in around 2016 that we were playing just every every tournament together and um, that we could and, and that's the way it's been since then. Yeah uh, and Alfie's obviously a big competition for you to try and take that single side of the way. How much of a competition is he when he, or how much, how much of a competitive side do you have against him when you're competing against him, and then suddenly you have to change it for a doubles partnership? How do you manage that? 
Yes, it's a, it's a kind of strange situation because, uh, you know, in most sports, you've either got a teammate or you've got a rival and, and that's the way it stays. But obviously in tennis, for us, it's, it's both of them at the same time and, you know, it can be that both of them within a number of hours, a couple of hours, you can finish a singles match against each other and then have to go on and play doubles with each other an hour later. So, yeah, something that um, took a bit of time for us to get used to. Um, you know, Alfie's an amazing singles player. Um, he's one of the best singles player in the world, obviously. And, um, you know, he's a really tough, tough competitor and he's, you know, become even tougher and tougher over the years. So, um, you know, that was something that we had to to experience and, and learn from and um, work out the, the best ways to do it. But, you know, I think now we're at a stage that we've done it so often and we're so used to it that, um, you know, it's just second nature. We, we go on the singles court, we give everything to be each other. And then once that's finished, it's left on that court, and then we can we can get together and, and compete together as a doubles team and, and not have anything in between us. And you know, I think that's just a long time um, getting to know each other and, and working on our um, teamwork as well. And, and and that's all kind of how it's easier for us now. Yeah, and just to highlight how amazing you actually are, you and Afia are now the um, is it, I'm going to try and get this right, the Britain's most successful. Doubles partnership. Uh, I believe I believe somebody's yeah somebody's mentioned that to me before. I don't really I don't really compare records like that against other other teams, but um, I think yeah somebody might have mentioned that before. So if, if it's true, if it's if it's correct, then obviously it's something we're we're proud of. I think um, we've put a lot lot of hard work um, into improving as a team over the last few years. So um, we're really glad that it's it's shown off on the on the match court and at, at events. Yeah, so because you've won 10 titles now, 10 Grand Slams, you've equaled your um, best, uh, sort of the best score so far, the doubles partnership. And then if you surpass it by winning the next one, which is Roland Garros, which is coming up soon, then you'll be able to claim that you're the most successful partnership (laughs) Britain's ever seen. So hopefully you can watch that space and make sure you get that title. Uh, So obviously looking forward to Roland Garros. How are you preparing for that? It's obviously out in France, so restrictions are still in place in some cases how are you managing at the moment yeah so uh, i've been down in london at the moment uh, um Roehampton, which is the national tennis center down here and uh, i've been training with alfie i've been on the clay courts here and just getting the final preparation before we head off to france which is on monday um so we've got one warm-up event which is um in the in the north of france near cali um, we play there and then we go to, to Paris and training on the courts there at Roland Garros for a few days and then we get started um, in a couple of weeks time in, in Paris so um, so yeah it's, it's been good the, the preparation here this week's been good we've had all the, the staff from the LTA that help us they've all been down here and and uh, you know myself and Alfie can get some good time on court together and to practice some singles and doubles work so yeah, feeling in, feeling in a good place and, and looking forward to getting competing because we've not had that many opportunities to do that so far this year. So um, yeah, it'd be great to get back out in the match court. Yeah, and obviously with COVID being what it is at the moment, how have you been able to train during lockdown? What, what have you been able to do? Yeah, so there was a period last year, um, you know, when everything was happening originally in March, April time, when the first lockdown came into play. Um, Training was really limited. You know, we couldn't get on the tennis court at all because of the restrictions. Everything was closed. All indoors and outdoor centres were 
were completely closed. So I think there was, you know, two or three months where I didn't hit a ball at all. Um, now in that period of time, I was trying to be creative with the way I could keep fit and uh, keep on top of my training. So I was lucky that the LTA sent me a lot of good equipment up to, you know, my, my home in Glasgow that I could use at home. Um, you know, weights and um, pull-up bars and uh, rollers for my chair that I could use in, inside. And uh, then I also spent a lot of time out in just the parks in Glasgow um, just doing, you know, physical health sprint sessions and long-distance pushing and, and just everything that I could do to try and keep my body in as good shape as possible so that, you know, when the tennis courts opened back up, I would be ready to, to go and go ahead and play tennis again. Um, so, yeah, it was obviously challenging, like it was for, for everybody last year. Um, but, you know, luckily for us, tennis is a sport that you can do socially distanced. So it was one of the first ones to come back. And, um, you know, luckily we, you know, we, we managed to get back on court um, a, lot, a lot sooner than a lot of other sports. And, and then also, you know, competition started running up for us at the end of summer last year as well. So we didn't have to wait too long without competing. Yeah, with uh, Roland Garros at the moment, it's it's been pushed back, hasn't it, because of the restrictions? Am I right in saying that yeah. also there's going to be a crowd in front of watching you play, or is that wrong? Um, yeah, so it was pushed back just just by a week this year, um, just to delay. I, th- I think to give them an opportunity to have more fans there, because I think the restrictions are easing there. I think maybe next week, just in time before the tournament. Um, I'm not actually 100% sure. I think. It is planned that there's going to be a, a crowd there, uh, obviously at a lower compa- capacity, I think 25% of the usual crowd or something around there. So, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll have a few people there watching. Uh, obviously, we always want to compete in front of in front of the fans and in front of the spectators because it makes makes the whole thing more exciting and the atmosphere better. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully there we get a decent crowd and then, you know, Wimbledon's a few weeks after that and um, they're planning on having a decent crowd and, and hopefully some good numbers there which is always somewhere we love getting supported by the, the kind of home fans so um so yeah it's exciting exciting few weeks coming up yeah i can imagine it's quite difficult though trying to prepare mentally and physically ready for a, a you know major competition when you don't really know how your competitors are doing as well so how have you yeah. dealt with that yeah i think um last year especially it was a kind of strange year because you didn't really know what everybody else had access to and how much they could get on court and you know if they were getting an advantage over you because um, they were getting you know more training time and yeah it's, it's, it's that first tournament back was, was quite a tough one because um, you know we're used to seeing these guys the top players every couple of weeks at, at events and seeing how they're playing and how they're how they're moving and how like what kind of shape they're in and um, you know, it was such a long period of time that, that none of us saw each other. That, that first tournament was almost like learning each other's games again. So, yeah, it took a little bit of, bit of time to, to get used to. But, you know, I think now the majority, you know, if not everybody, um, you know, an elite sporter in the world has has normal, pretty much normal access to to their training environment. So, you know, I feel like we're kind of all in the, the level playing field again. OK, so looking forward to the Paralympics then. In 2016, you had a fantastic year. You won the singles title and then you claimed the silver medal with Alfie in the doubles. Now, the Paralympics have been pushed back, obviously, and there's been a lot of pushback again this year with people saying they don't want it to go ahead. How has that affected you and how are you preparing? It's really disappointing 
um, understandable completely, but really disappointing for, for all of us as athletes to, to not be able to go to Tokyo last year and compete. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, you know, Paralympics once every four years, it's one of the most special events for us to be involved in. So when the opportunity to, to compete in that looked like it was kind of slipping away, it was you know really tough for, for a lot of people, but you know, thankfully they've, they've made the other made the plans and, and managed to adjust them so that they can host them this year. Um, you know, it's, an, it's still a situation that seems to be changing day in, day out, week in, week out. And I think Tokyo itself and Japan are still struggling a little bit more with the virus than, than other places. So, yeah, try not to get too far ahead of myself. Um, just obviously hopeful that it go, all goes ahead safely and, and, you know, that we can run it as, as normally as possible while keeping everybody safe. But like I say, it's, it's quite a busy summer. Um, coming up before then with the Grand Slams um, around Europe and the other events that we've got planned. So I'm trying not to think too too far ahead. Um, but yeah, obviously it's one of the, the main events that um, you know I love playing in. And I have great memories from, from Rio a few years ago and yeah, hopefully go back and, and make some more memories out in Tokyo. Yeah, fingers crossed for you. How can people stay up to date then if, you, if they want to with your story? What's the best way of watching how you're getting on? Yeah, so um, obviously I'm on all, all the usual social medias, so you can follow me in there and keep up to date with results. But um, the LTA will, will um, you know, keep our results up to date on, on their websites and stuff as well. And then the ITF, um, they have the wheelchair tennis section on their website, which has everything that you need to know about wheelchair tennis, the rankings, the, the tournaments that are going on, all the different players. And um, yeah, I think, you know, with the, the events that are coming up over the summer, they're, um, you know, big scale events. So there should be a lot of our matches that are either live streamed or televised um, just with the, the usual coverage for Roland Garros and, and Wimbledon and, and then the Paralympics, obviously, with, with Channel 4. And they do a, a fantastic job of the coverage since, um, since London and obviously in Rio as well. Um, you know, they've been a massive factor in, um, exposing more people to, to disability sport and getting people excited about it as well. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they produce for, for Tokyo this year as well. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. In terms of the competitors who are going out, or we're hoping to go out to Tokyo, who are you excited to see from the a GB perspective go out to Tokyo? And who are you excited internationally to compete against? Yeah, so, I mean... Um, you know, obviously a, a sports fan as well as a, a professional athlete so um, there's lots of people that I'll keep an eye on and um, you know there's people like Will Bailey, table tennis player and um, GB basketball teams, the, the men's and women's teams I think they're both both in with a shout of, of medals so um, I'll be keeping an eye on those, I love watching those sports so you know, there's lot. I mean it's we were such a successful nation in the Paralympics that yeah. could sit here all day and name name the athletes who I think will do well. Um, and then yeah, on on the wheelchair tennis side, um, you know I think it's really open, uh, especially in the men's division at the moment, who can who can go there and win. I think there's six or seven or eight people that could go and and win the gold. So it's going to be really interesting, really exciting. You've got Shingo Kuneda who's the world number one at the moment and he's just competing at home games so that's going to be you know ho hopefully there'll be some fans in but yeah uh, i'm not sure 
I'm not sure there will be, but um, you know that would have been an amazing sight to see him in front of a, a packed out home crowd. Um, and you've got people like uh, obviously Alfie, and you've got um, Gustavo Fernandez, Argentinian player, who's you know a strong competitor. So yeah, I think it's it's going to be really interesting to see, and it's it's going to be a tough a tough competition for for myself and everybody else. I can imagine, yeah. But hopefully, fingers crossed, you can you you and Alfie or you or Alfie will bring up the gold as well. So fingers crossed for that to happen definitely and then in terms of your um you're obviously saying you're a sports fan have you tried other sports not just wheelchair tennis and how far have you got with them yeah so i've, I've tried a few different sports um the, the main one that i enjoy now is, is basketball wheelchair basketball so i play for uh glasgow rocks um which is the which is my local club um i've played for for scotland when i was a, a junior as well under 23 level, I think it was. Um, but, you know, it's just a hobby for me. Uh, I'm not claiming to be at any sort of level. Definitely not. But it's something I really enjoy. Um, the physical aspect of it, the the social aspect of it, being a team sport. And something that I used to, to get a lot through through football when I was younger and, and something that you don't get so much, obviously, with tennis as it's an individual sport, except from, obviously, double side things. Um, and I've got some good friends that I've known for a long time that I play basketball with. So it's sort of something I really enjoy watching. I enjoy competing in. I uh, enjoy learning as well because I've played tennis for so long and um, it's really difficult to find improvements anywhere, you know, even really small ones. Whereas when I play basketball, it's something that, you know, I'm, I'm so new to it. I feel like I'm still so new to it, even after playing it, playing it for a few years, that I'm always learning different things and, and trying to improve so it's you know that's exciting that's something you enjoy as an athlete um so yeah that, that's really the main one and um, obviously I, I still still enjoy other things as well like swimming and stuff but um uh the main ones are tennis and basketball for me yeah yeah so in terms of anyone trying to get into the sports um which tennis obviously if there's someone who's had an accident or there's someone who's acquired an injury how can they get involved with wheelchair tennis? What's the best way of someone getting involved and trying to compete against you one day? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, obviously we, we always want as many people as possible playing the sport and we want to introduce new people wherever possible. So I think I think the, the easiest way to, to go about it is to go on the LTA website and you'll be able to, to find a section around disability sport. And um, you know, we've got hubs set up all around the UK. Um, that have access to tennis chairs and, and courts and sometimes group sessions. Um, I'm not sure what, it is, what it's like at the moment with, with restrictions, but obviously everything's starting to open back up now and, and more things are, are going ahead. So, um, so yeah, that would be the first point of call. I think the LTA website, check out there where you can go and, and experience it and, and go and give it a try and, and see if you enjoy it. And then, yeah, hopefully a few years' time, we'll be seeing some more faces around these tournaments. And what message would you give to someone who isn't too sure about getting into wheelchair tennis? Why should they get into it? Yeah, well, I mean, from me, from a, from a personal side, wheelchair tennis has, has given me a lot in my life. Um, you know, it's opened up a lot of doors to me. It's, um, you know, allowed me to, to experience things that I never would have thought I'd experience and see places all around the world that, you know, I never thought I'd, I'd visit. So, um, you know, I think it's... There's, there's so many benefits to, to being involved in, and not just wheelchair tennis, but, but in any sport really. Um, you know, the physical side of it, the health side of that, the social side of it, 
and then the, the mental health side of it as well to keep you keep you feeling good and, and keep you feeling positive so I think there's so many benefits to it and at the end of the day if, if you go and try it and you don't like it then you don't have to go back a second time so for me there's there's nothing to lose really in, in going and trying it out yeah exactly so is, uh, the future events that you've got coming up are obviously Roland Garros next week what and Wimbledon sort of later on in the year any other events that we should be keeping an eye on for you yeah, so those are the two main ones before the Paralympics. And then we've also got the British Open, which is um, the kind of end of July, which is in Nottingham. So that's the one of the biggest tournaments that, uh, biggest tournaments on the, the ITF um, wheelchair tennis calendar. And can anyone come biggest, that, Yeah, yeah, so anybody can come and watch that usually, uh, hopefully end of July. You know, it should be should be pretty, pretty easy to get in and, and spectate. So, um, yeah, that's in, in Nottingham, so... Yeah, anybody that's interested to come and watch some wheelchair tennis that you know can't get tickets to Wimbledon or, or anything like that, or doesn't want to you know watch it on TV, wants to come and see it in person, um, then yeah, the British Open's like a great opportunity for that. Amazing. Okay, thank you so much. And then um, obviously, if there's anything anything else you want to raise, so no, I think we've we've covered a lot of bases. So yeah, that yeah, was good. I enjoyed it. And thank you so much to the LCA as well for organising this and allowing us to have you on on the podcast today and all your help for arranging this so thank you very much and thank you for joining this sport pod no thanks very much peter for having me on uh, yeah big thanks to the lta for setting it up and and obviously for their continued support for me and and wheelchair tennis in the country and you know we're we're doing big things in this country at the moment in, in the sport and you know, hopefully it's just a start exactly well watch this space and hopefully we'll be seeing you with the gold medal very soon from both Roland Garros and also from Wimbledon and from all the other events that you've got coming up soon as well as Tokyo. So best of luck and thanks again. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, then don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Join us next time on This Sport Pod. See you then. <laughs>